Welcome to another Youth Centered Podcast. Rick Gorman here and excited to have our latest guest, uh, Jake Walensky from the high school. Jake is a junior at the high school. And he's going to tell you a little bit about himself. We uh, brought Jake in because uh, Jake is a unique um, student athlete. Um, and we're going to talk about what kind of drives Jake. And if you know Jake, as many people in this town do, um, he is pretty self-motivated. He's self-disciplined. Uh, he's probably one of the hottest workers on the athletic field, in the classroom, in the community that I know and obviously my 30-plus years here. So uh, we have entitled this podcast, There is a Difference Between Interest and Commitment. So first of all, Jake, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rick. So Jake, you are pretty popular in town. A lot of people know you. But uh, for the people that are listening today that may not know you, how about a, how about a quick bio on who Jake Walensky is? Yeah, so I'm Jake Walensky. I'm a junior at the North End of our high school. I am a three-sport varsity athlete. I play football, basketball, and lacrosse. And last summer was my first summer working at Summer Fun right here at Drummond, which was a great experience because I remember growing up being a kid going to Summer Fun, so it was pretty cool to be able to be a counselor. And I've always been going to the Youth Center ever since I was a little kid. I was part of Youth Council here last year. And at the high school, I'm also involved with Student Council. I um, participate in DECA, which is a business com uh, competition at the high school. And I also have been involved with Best Buddies, too. Yeah, and one of the reasons we wanted you on here is this was not to be specifically just a sports-related uh, podcast because you are so involved with so many different things you mentioned up down here at the Youth Center, um, but all the clubs you're involved with and all the community service. And, you know, I get exhausted kind of listening to your – I mean, I think I'm a pretty get, pretty busy guy, and I'm pretty driven myself for sure, but I look at you and, uh, you know, I've dubbed you the uh, – I gave you the nickname La Machine, and uh, you truly are a machine. So, Jake, let's get started. My first question I have for you is, um, when do you first recall being driven in any aspect of your life? Yeah, so it, it really started, I think, when I was a kid, and basketball was always my favorite sport. Basketball was always my favorite sport growing up, and it really started in fourth and fifth grade because my goal was to make the travel team. Because I wasn't really the best player. I wasn't really well known around town at that point. And so, you know, my goal uh, in fourth grade, I was fortunate enough to have a great coach, Coach Tobias. He was really my first true basketball coach. And he helped me grow so much as a player. He always worked me hard. And I remember he actually had connections with Isaiah Nelson, who was at the, um, who was on the high school team at the time. Sure. And he would always bring him into our practices every once in a while. And whenever Isaiah Nelson would speak, I would always be listening, like all ears, learning whatever I possibly could. So when fifth grade come, came around, my goal was we had, a Merrimack, uh, we had a Merrimack Valley team and a Cape Ann team. It wasn't exactly A and B, but like the Cape Ann team was the lower of the two teams. So my goal was to make that team. And so, you know, I worked really hard trying to get there and I ended up not making it. But, you know, fortunate for me, I ended up with Coach Tobias again. We had a great year in fifth grade, made it to the town championship. Uh, we ended up losing. But that after that fifth grade year, that's when I really started to become driven because I really wanted to make the travel team the next coming year. So, you know, started in the spring. Uh, I, I was just working so hard all summer, all fall, just trying to, you know, put myself in the best position possible to, uh, make the team in sixth grade and then when tryouts came around I was very nervous but you know, I just played my hardest at tryouts and I ended up making the Cape Ann team under um, coach Murphy. 
So let's talk about that for a second. So as a fourth grader, you played in our, our fourth grade in-house program, which actually plays its games here at the U Center. And then as a fifth grader, you tried out for the travel team and got cut. Um, now, a lot of times when kids get cut, quite frankly, they give up. They don't put the work in. Why were you different on that? Um, I mean, I just love basketball so much. Like, I knew I wasn't the best player, so it, it was a disappointment, but it really didn't shock me too bad because you know, I was still with my, like my friend group at the time I had, and then Coach Tobias, he's a great coach, and I loved playing for him. So you know, when, um, when I was on town in fifth grade, you know, it was just, it was awesome. I had a great time, and you know, we practiced hard, we played hard, and it just really helped me improve and put myself in a good position for the next coming year. For sure, and you made the travel team. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, your being driven in sports that you play. So after you started to play basketball, you also played other sports. How, how are you driven in sports? Like, what what's your what's your motivation? Yeah, so I really just want to be you know just be the best player I can be just always be um the hardest worker like the first one in last one out uh because you know I'm I'm really not the be I'm not like I wouldn't call myself a great player in the sports I just work extremely hard like whether it's basketball staying after with coach Medeiros to get shots up for an hour after practice football running routes before and after practice working on footwork and lacrosse um since I've only been playing lacrosse for 3 years and, you know, I'm on the varsity team. So, like, I'm expected to be – I'm expected to do the same exact stuff as kids who have been playing their whole life. So, you know, I just have to be – I have to just get more reps in than anybody else because I'm years behind everyone, but I'm expected to be playing at the same level. So, so let me ask you, where, just, where does the mindset yeah. come from that? Like, where does the mindset come? It's just – I just want to – you know, it's, it's – honestly, it's just fun for me. It's what I like to do. It's uh, just – I have a commitment to just be the best version of myself that I could possibly be every day. So it's just, it, it's what wakes me up. Just my passion for all of it. Just, you know, the love for the grind, just going through it every day with my teammates too, which makes it really fun, you know, because I never want to let the man beside me down. It's always, it's always doing it for my teammates. For so. sure. Now, what about some of the non-athletic things? Like you talked about a lot of the clubs you're in, and obviously I see you here at Summer Fun, and I see you here at Youth Council, whatever. How how are you driven in those type of things? Is it the same as the sports? Yeah, you know, I really try and just bring the same mindset into everything. You know, I don't believe that you're like, a di you have one mindset for sports and like one mindset for school and another for other things. Like I think, I believe that it's just all the same mindset, like, the same way I prepare for a Friday night football game is the same, like I put the same effort into preparing for a big unit test in school and stuff like that. So, and the summer fun part, it's just, I, I consider summer fun, my summer sport. Like it's that big for me and you know, it's just great. You know, the ultimate goal of just inspiring the next generation in the words of Kobe Bryant, like it's on the back of our shirts, aspire to inspire. So I just want to be someone who like the kids can look up to and like, just um, be able to learn, just like see someone who's driven and, you know, just help them in their own lives too. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been working with thousands of kids uh, for the last 30 plus years and uh, it is amazing to me how you, you carry over on all of those things. So I see and I've, I've heard from some of your teachers about how much of a strong academic kid you are. I've heard from obviously people that work with you outside of sports and then I've obviously heard from your coaches. And I don't know if I've ever had a kid that crosses that completely. I've had 
tremendous athletes that are really locked in athletes that yeah weren't as locked in as the academics uh and same with other people i've had you know great athletes that just couldn't be bothered doing other things in the community whatever and you've carried that over which is totally a tribute to you let me ask you what's an average school day for you so let's we're in february right now we go back to school tomorrow after vacation um what would be an average school day for you what time do you wake up and tell me take me all the way till you hit that head to the pillow at the end of the night yeah so it's certainly i always my days are always different depending on the season i'm in and even the week to week basis i always kind of adjust it depending on you know, do we have one game, two game, three games this, this week? So it obviously depends on that. But just like one of my average days this winter, I'll do. So usually I'll wake up at 5.30. And then if it's a practice, if we have practice that night, I'll go to uh, Choice and I'll get a lift in. If it's, um, if it's a game day, I'll go to the high school and shoot in the gym. This is all before school? Yes, before okay. school. And I really like to get that workout in, in the morning because one, it gives me a lot of time to recover before I uh, end up going to practice or the game, which I like. And two, it really just helps with my focus and my energy at school. I've noticed the days where I don't do anything before school, I'm kind of like a little sluggish. My mind isn't like working as well as I want it to. If I get that like hour, ex if I get that like hour uh, workout in in the morning, I find you know my focus is sharp, my mind's like ready to go for all my classes. So it certainly gives me a boost there. So then I'll go to school, and then uh, after school, I'll usually uh, come home. I'll have, like, uh, if there's any clubs, I'll go to those, which are usually after school. And then I'll come home, and then I'll have, like, an hour and a half to two-hour window to get any homework done, get any studying done I have to do, watch film, all stuff like that. And then I'll usually head to basketball practice a little early. I like to – um. I like to get uh, just play like 20 to 30 minutes of lacrosse before basketball just to keep my stick skills sharp. And then I'll get to the locker room about 30 minutes early, um, you know, chill up there with all my teammates and then go to practice. And then after I'll come home, I'll eat, I'll shower, and then usually I'll just read for 20, 30 minutes and then go to bed. So that's a typical school day. Pretty yes. long day, pretty committed on that. All right, so now take me to uh, – I'm asking this question because I found this out from uh, – my good friend Jeff Nelson, who who runs the um, Cedardale, all the basketball stuff up there, and he uh, he comes over to me and he says, "Hey, you know what happened to North Andover the other night?" I said, "Well, they got they got beat up pretty bad by Lowell," and he goes, "Well, Jake Walensky was at Cedardale at 5:30 or whatever." Tell me what a weekend's like. Is that how you start off your Saturday? Because I know most high school kids are usually sleeping at 5:30 in the morning. Yeah. So. Um well, if we get home late from a game, usually I'll let myself on Saturday. Like I'll sleep in a little. I don't like to sleep in that late because I keep. I like to keep the same like uh, schedule. bed schedule because mm -hmm. it helps with my sleeping. So I'll wake up at like seven or eight latest. That'll usually be when I wake up. Then that's when I I like to go to Cedar. I like to get a good lift in that day because it's like three days before our next game, so I have the most amount of time to recover. So I like to get a good lift in at that time, and then when I go home after. Um, since I don't have much time to do all of my homework during the school week, that's I like to just spend as much time as I need on Saturday just to get a head start on all homework that I possibly can do. Like, um, just get a head start on everything. If I have to teach myself the lesson because we haven't learned it yet, I'll do it. I just whatever it takes just to get as much done as I can so that way during the school week, I just focus on like the day-to-day -day assignments we get so I don't get overwhelmed. And then, you know, I like to around, so I'll do that. If it takes three hours, great. If it takes six or seven, I'll do it, whatever needs to get done. 
and usually around like four or five i come to the youth center to get shots up and then i'll go home after that and then i'll usually just spend the night you know relaxing with my family friends whatever it takes for that and then get to bed around 10 10 30 and then sunday we usually have practice at around 11 so you know i like to treat sunday kind of as a school day so i'll get up early like six o'clock and then i'll do more homework if i have any study i'll watch film i use sunday mornings to watch film too and then i'll go to practice come home and then i like to just prepare prepare for the week to come i'll make like i like to pre-make all my meals pretty much how whatever i can do because it helps me in the morning instead of cooking everything i can just grab it and get and go and then you know uh if it's if there's football on if there's a basketball game on you know i'll watch it just relax get ready for the week to come and then you know that's i like to do community service on the weekend too like in the fall every sunday i would um referee flag football the flag football games right. at the middle school uh last year doing events with youth council so that's really what i do on my weekends so it's it's a pretty crazy busy seven days when it, when you really look at it let me ask you something um your friends you have a great friend group a lot of people obviously you hang out with or whatever what do your friends think of your schedule do you get teased by it do are people in awe of it people question it what's your what's your friends say to you yeah like i think they definitely like i know a lot of them they appreciate like all the stuff that i do i think they always say to me like oh i wish i had your drive i wish i had your work ethic and stuff like that which you know is great to hear because i know like you know i'm they admire what i what i do so i they definitely think it's like what i'm doing is good and stuff like that that's good you talk a lot about, and you and I talk some science stuff on this too, and uh, both of you, both of us read books, a lot, uh, very similar books in a lot of ways. But how important is sleep to you, and how important do you think sleep is to teenagers? I think sleep is very important. Um, that's why I always try to just keep like a same consistent, like 9.30 to 5.30 or 10 to 6 sleep schedule. I like to stay consistent with that. And because I've noticed like, the days when maybe I can't sleep and stuff like that. And then I only end up getting like five or six hours. Like those are the days where, you know, my mind is a little slow. My body's a little slow, but sometimes it has to happen. Like you get home late from a game some nights and you just can't control it. It's just what high school is and it is what it is. But, you know, I think, um, sleep should be a priority for like a lot of kids. Cause you can't uh, expect like maximum results, like on the field or on the court if you're not putting the effort into the stuff you do off, such as sleeping consistently every night. Sure. And we also talk about some other things too, um, you know, before workouts, what I would call pre-workouts. And then you're a, you're an unbelievably strong believer in something that I don't think teenagers are enough on, and that's recovery. Can you talk a little bit about how important, whether it be just stretching and getting ready for uh, an athletic activity? Uh, and then how do you describe recovery? Yeah, so definitely, you know, before and after every practice, aside from the stretching we do, like, at practice, I always make sure to do my own for, like, 15, 20 minutes before and after practice. And, you know, on food is food and drink, like, is always something I value very much. You know, I'm always drinking water, you know. Like, at school, I literally go to the bathroom, like, 10 times during mm -hmm. a school day. <laughs> I'm always going in and out of the bathroom to... You know, just be constantly peeing to and uh, replenishing myself. And um, certainly with the food that I eat, like after workouts, I think that's huge. Like getting something in your body 30 minutes after you work out is huge. I always like to have 
Um, I always blend chocolate milk and cherries together. I think that really helps me. And, you know, always just having healthy dinners, know when you can, you know, like cheat yourself a little bit, know when you can't. And, you know, I, I make sure I eat a ton because um, all the stuff that I do and, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure my metabolism's like very fast. So just to like sure. keep my weight up while I do all this, especially during basketball season, you know, I have to be eating a lot. So I make sure I'm just constantly eating throughout the day making sure everything I eat is healthy for you. And, you know, I always watch my weight too. You know, my goal for each season is, you know, either maintain weight or put on five pounds if you can. Like this winter, I've actually been able to put on five pounds, which is, which I'm proud of. So, you know, it's always just um, staying healthy with that too. Awesome. Now, as we talk about it, you know, your father sometimes joking, your, your father's a real jokester. He, he told me what it's like shopping for the family now, uh, food shopping, because it's such a challenge with you and what you'll eat and what you won't. And he basically was uh, referring to you almost as following uh, the TB12 type, type diet on that. But obviously that's really important to you. And you've done a lot of, you just didn't do this stuff. You've done your, a lot of fact finding and research on, on how to do this, which is great. Let's talk a little bit about your family. So um, tell us who's in the family and how do they motivate you or how do they just support you? Yeah, so I live with my mom, my dad, and then I have one brother. His name is Zach. He's in eighth grade, so you know I'll be pretty exciting. His he'll be at the high school next year with me. Sure, I hope. If he, uh, I think he's gonna decide to go to the high school. I mm -hmm. think that's where he's gonna go. So uh, my brother also plays three sports. He plays football, basketball, and he plays baseball in the spring. You know, I'm, I've been trying. I've been introducing him to lacrosse lately too. But you know, he's a better baseball player than I ever was. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks with baseball as well. Um, so, you know, my mom and dad definitely certainly motivate me because, you know, before I had my license, I had to have my dad drive me to all these places. And, you know, when I asked my dad, like, Hey, can you wake me up before school and drive me, you know, drive me here? And, you know, I knew he didn't want to be doing it cause you know, he stays up late too, like making sure everything's all right, like with his work and everything. So, you know, waking up early for him isn't ideal, but, you know, he does it anyway because he wants, he wants to help me. And, you know, that's something that, like, I think to myself, well, you know, if I'm having, like, a lousy workout or something, you know, my mind's not into it. I think, like, well, my dad just sacrificed his sleep to uh, get me here. So, you know, that just pushes me. Like, I have to work my hardest here. I have no option. And my mom, too, she's constantly taking care of me and Zach. It wasn't easy growing up. We were always, like, we were hyper kids. <laughs> so, you know, she... She's done the best she could with all that, and they're both very hardworking. Yeah, and they're, they're big supporters of you. I see it all the time. Um, a memory that I'll always have of you is, uh, you know, showing up an hour before a 7 a.m. workout, which uh, you'd be out there at 6 o'clock getting up 100 shots or 1,000 shots, whatever it may be, and uh, the old guy, the old father there, rebounding everyone, uh, being with you every step of the way, and obviously I think both – him and your mom and your brother are, are very proud of you. Um, you and I talk a lot about books. Uh, we have a lot of similar takes on um, what we read, um, a lot around um, self-discipline, motivation, um, culture, and everything else. So with that said, what are some of the books you've read lately that are actually inspiring you? So my favorite book, certainly, I actually brought it with me today. It's called uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I've actually read through it twice in the past year. It's just that like impactful to me. And I've learned so much from that book, just about the power of your mind. When you think, 
you know, your body's done and you think you've pushed it to the absolute limit, you know, that's when your mind can take you even farther. Like, because he, his, and his living proof of it, he's not just like saying some theory that he thinks to be true. He is living proof of what you can possibly do. If you just put your mind to something and you stay with it over the course of several years and you keep going, um, that's, you know, you, you be, you can become anything. And I'll actually pick out some quotes that have actually like inspired me throughout the years. Um, one of them is, but no matter who you are, who your parents are, or where, where you live, what you do for a living or how much money you have, you're probably living at about 40% of your true capability. So this thing about all that, it's called the 40% rule saying like, when you get to the point where you're just completely exhausted, when you're just completely exhausted, you're, you know, your mind just wants to quit. You want to get out of there. You're in so much pain. He claims, no, you're probably at about 40%. You have 60% more just to, if you just keep pushing past that barrier. And he gives an example of it in his own life. He was running a 100 mile race and he was at around mile 70 and he had, his body was completely washed. He had stress fractures everywhere. You know, all he wanted to do was just, you know, stop because he, he thought he was at his absolute limit. But he just said he just kept walking. He just kept pushing. He wouldn't listen to what his mind was trying to say. He just kept walking. And he said eventually, you know, the pain slowly started to go away. And then he started jogging and then faster. And then he started running again. And he ended up running 101 miles for that race. And it just shows that what he thought was his limit, no, there is more. He just, he just had to unlock it. He had to push through the pain and get it. And then the one other quote that I have from that book, um, it's actually, he took it from a, um, this guy named Heraclitus. I don't think I pronounced that right, but he was a philosopher born in the Persian empire back in the fifth century BC. And his quote was out of every 100 men, 10 shouldn't even be there. 80 are just targets. Nine are the real fighters and we are lucky to have them for they make the battle. Uh, but the one, one is a warrior. And, you know, that's just something I always keep in my mind. Like, you know, every day when I, when I'm going through like practice and stuff, I'm always thinking to myself, like when I feel like when my body's tired, when I feel like maybe like not going hundred percent for this rep, I always think to myself, well, what would the 1% warrior do? Like they, that person would give all out every single time. So that just really pushes me. You know, if I, if I want to like sleep in a morning, I'll think to myself like, well, the 1% warrior wouldn't do that. So it's just something I always strive to be every single day. Just get closer and closer to being that 1% warrior. That's awesome. You, um, you mentioned early on the first coach you had, um, but I don't think anybody goes through life with just being total individual. There's always, you know, family, like you mentioned, your mom and your dad and your brother that supported you. Um, let's mention that basketball coach again. And who are some of the other mentors you've had in your life? Yeah. So my first basketball coach back in fourth and fifth grade, his name was coach Tobias. And so he really gave me my true start. He introduced me to, I still remember the workout, the dead fish, which it's just fault work on your follow through. And, you know, he'd say, just do it in your basement when you're just watching TV resting, just do that. So it's just something I always did. And it really helped me. Then after that, so I go on to um, be with Coach Murphy and Kellen Murphy's father and on the Cape Ann team. And we also had Coach Holland, too. So they were the two coaches there. And then when in seventh and eighth grade, when I was on the Merrimack Valley team, that's when I had Coach Finn. And he was a very good basketball coach, too. He really helped push me to be that next level. 
And then my other, um, youth, my youth football coach, Coach Keneally, he was uh, another tremendous coach. He certainly, when you ask where my drive come from, I can also give him a lot of credit for that too. Like in seventh grade, he had us out there, you know, it'll be way past dark, you know, the only lights coming from the lights of the torn up middle school field. It was all dirt at that point. And we would just be running wind sprints. We would be doing bear crawls up the, up the hill. And where the hill was, there was no light. So um, all the parents who were there to pick us up, they actually, uh, they had to move their cars and turn on the headlights to get lights to give us light. And, you know, we'd just be there, you know, no other youth team, football team at that time, I would say, was doing what we were doing. We were just, you know, he was pushing us to the limit, you know, at the end of every practice. And I can give him a lot of credit, too, for where that drive came from. So that would be, those would be my great, uh, those would be my influential youth coaches. Then, of course, high school, I wouldn't be able to do what I do with play three sports if I didn't have the support of all of them, starting with football. Coach Dobzinski, you know, he is, he's like, besides you, I would say he's the biggest fan of the basketball team. Whenever I pass him in the hall, you know, he gives me a big handshake, always asking, you know, who we have next, like, how's, how's it looking, like, what's our record, how are we doing, stuff like that. You know, Coach Cerullo, he's certainly been, uh, ever since he came to the team two years ago, he's been um, a true, I know we'll get to like the mentor stuff later, so I'll talk about him later too, but he's certainly, he's certainly helped me along the way too. Um, then the rest of the football coaches, Coach Barry, who's my linebacker coach this year, he's definitely helped me to bring like this completely new person out of me. I never thought I would be able to hold my own at linebacker in football at the varsity level. I was always a you know, safety growing up, but, you know, Barry put me at linebacker this year and, you know, he just kept pushing me and, you know, throughout, as the season went on, I just kept getting better and better there. And, uh, coach Doolin also, he was a, you, most people probably know him as the varsity baseball coach, just won a super eight, but he was also, um, an assistant coach on the football team too. And then with basketball, you have coach Tanglis, who I'm sure everyone knows at this point, he's certainly the most prepared coach of of all of like uh, he's one of the most prepared coaches in the state I'm convinced he you know he puts in so much work outside of what we do to put us in the best possible position to win every night coach Medeiros he's the one staying after with me um, at practice every day just getting up shots stuff like that coach Hart um, coach Wilson and then um, coach Kevin Tanglis and then for lacrosse uh, coach Zella you know he I Ever since he came last year to our program, I, I love him. He he also he pushes us extremely hard. You know he has us running at practice. He he has us, you know he's always pushing us past what we thought we could do. He kept, you know he kept pushing me. I remember the um the third day of lacrosse practice last year. He came to me during practice and he said he said something like um you know you're you're on this team because you're a great athlete, but your stick skills have to get better. So you know that just you know, I thought about that and, you know, that's when I just spent even more time just working on my stick skills. So he always, you know, pushed me to be great. And then a defensive coach, coach Bordeaux, he was certainly, he was only a few years out of college at that time. He was, uh, I think he was getting his master's at, um, Merrimack and he was assigned to the high school to be a student teacher. And, you know, he all, he was, he, um, uh, was a great supporter of me. He was our defensive coach for lacrosse and we actually, he he's at Marblehead High School this year, and we played him. We we played him week one in football, so you know that was fun uh, getting to play against him this year. And then so yeah, and then 
Um, actually, my freshman year of lacrosse, Coach Conley, he was the one who really gave he. So he was my, the lacrosse coach my first year, my freshman year, and Coach Conley and Coach Whiteway. And they, if they didn't give me a chance, if they didn't believe in me that I could become a good lacrosse player, I probably wouldn't still be playing today. Like they, they supported me. They knew I, you know, I'd never played before in my life, but they supported me. You know, they kept me on varsity, just kept pushing me, just kept telling me, like kept telling me, just keep working. And so, it was great. Yeah, I mean, you've had. You know, tremendous amount. We're going to get into your three-sport athlete in a minute, but um, it is interesting. Uh, in preparation of this podcast, I kind of got some feedback from the coaches that have you in three sports, and I don't know if I've ever had a situation where each coach pretty much said the same things about you. They talked about your resiliency, your hard work, your work ethic, your team culture, your leadership. It was all across the board. So, so let's let me uh, ask this question to you. We titled this podcast. Um, there is a difference between interest and commitment. What does that What does that even mean to you? All right, so I would certainly say, um, so one of my um, people that I really look up to on like YouTube and stuff is this guy named Inky Johnson. He was a former football player at the University of Tennessee. And I think his quote about commitment sums it up perfectly. He said, um, commitment is staying true to what you said you were going to do long after the mood that you have set it in has left. Meaning on the days when you don't feel like doing it, you get up and you do it anyway, because that's what builds your character and that's, what's going to get you to where you want to be. So I think that really sums it up perfectly. Like if you're interested, like you'll get up and maybe you'll do it if you're feeling good. But those days when you, you know, your body's exhausted, you're sore, you know, you're, you're tired. Maybe you didn't get like much sleep. Like if you're just interested, you're not going to like give it all you got. But if you're someone who's committed with concrete commitment, no matter what, showing up every day and working, um, like even on those days when you're, uh, not feeling the best, those are when you have your best days because you just know, you know, you're part of something that's bigger than yourself. And you know, there's no other option, but to give it everything you got. So, why do you think that there are kids that your age, and I don't know if I'm quite frankly not sure anybody can be as driven as you, but um, why do you think some kids have a have a problem with being as committed as you are? And I think kids are really interested in stuff, whether it be sports or an activity or even academics. But the commitment is where I see things falling off. Why do you think you know kids your age may have some problems with that? Um, my number one thing is, you know, giving effort on a day-to-day basis, tapping into that pain every day, you know, it, it's hard, it's painful, you know, it's not fun to do it every single day, but, you know, I think that's what a lot of, a lot of people are, they're kind of set on like the product, they're set on the end goal of like, you know, maybe winning a championship or like winning a conference or something like that. A lot of kids are stuck on their sights on that end goal, but I think not enough people have their sights set on the process to get there. I think, you know, thinking of those, you know, early practices, getting up in the early and working hard, you know, staying up late, working hard, all that stuff. I think it's like the process versus product thing. A lot of people want the product, but they're not willing to go through the process that it takes to get to that product. So, you know, my thing is always, you know, like don't even make it about the product, you know, learn to love the day to day thing because, yeah, this is also in the words of Kobe Bryant. I believe he said it is Jersey retirement thing. He said, um, 
you know, you'll realize that the dream isn't the end goal. The dream is waking up every day and working towards it. And you'll realize what you accomplish isn't even your dream. It's something a lot bigger than that. And another thing I think people misunderstand about me sometimes is they always ask me like, why do you want to do that to yourself? And you know what I always say, you know, whether it be to them or just in my head is like, you know, I don't always want to be doing what I do, but I know if I want to be the person I want to be, I have to. So that's what, that's why I do it. I do it anyway. It's not always fun, but you've totally bought into, you know, and you've heard me say this a million times since your middle school, trust in the process. And I think you're right. Everybody wants the, the end game. They want the product, but they don't want to enjoy the journey. And I, I try to tell people to enjoy the journey. Uh, you mentioned summer fun. Uh, you're one of our newer workers last year, uh, had a phenomenal evaluation from your boss, by the way. And, uh, why is, uh, you know, the culture we have down here, you know, how much I, I push for a amazing culture and giving back and, and being passionate and, you know, living every minute, um, fully, um, why is summer fun fit right into your whole driven Jake Walensky discipline? Yeah. Like I said, uh, earlier, you know, I bring the same mindset I bring into my sports and stuff. I bring it right into summer fun. And also like, you know, it was I love it at summer fun. It was like, it was actually a life changing experience for me. Just being able to work with, you know, the, all the coworkers and, you know, being able to spend the time with the kids, because like you said at the training, like this may be the only good four hours of these kids for some of these kids during the day. So, you know, just make it their best four hours. So, you know, it was never really about me being there. It was always giving my best effort, you know, for the kids and for my coworkers to make it the best experience that we possibly could have. Absolutely. All right. Let me switch gears here a little bit. What's the what's the future hold for Jake Walensky? You're a junior at the high school right now. What plan it out for me? What's the next year, five years, 10 years for you? Any ideas? Yeah. So hopefully, you know, my goal obviously is to finish out this junior year strong with sports and school and everything. And then, you know, have an even stronger senior year. And then, you know, I'm kind of just starting the college process. I'm starting to talk with my parents a lot about like, what do you think is happening? Like, what do you think I should go and stuff like that? I certainly, I do still have the dream to play a sport in college. I'm not sure which one. I like all three sports equally the same, just depending on the season. So I don't know which sport I would want to play in college, but I'm certainly interested in playing any one of them. Um, you know, Duke University has always been like, ever since I was little, that's been like my dream, you know, play basketball for Coach K at Duke. You know, I don't know if the basketball part's going to come true at this point, but it's still an option to go to that school as well. Um, I've also, the past few years, I've been very interested in um, the Navy football team. They actually had their best year this year that they've ever had, with beating Army and then winning their bowl game. So that, you know, the Naval Academy is something I've recently been interested in as well. So, I mean, we've talked a lot. I've talked to you about it. I've talked to your father about it. Um, fortunately, over my last 32 years here, I've been involved with about five kids, uh, four, four boys and one girl going to a military academy. Um, you strike me as a, a perfect candidate for a, one of our military academy, if that interested you. Um, but you've, you know, you're, we joke a lot about you. You're, uh, you're a Navy SEAL before being a Navy SEAL. Um, could you possibly see that military academy, whether it's, I think you said Navy would be your first military academy, but um, is ultimate the goal is being a Navy SEAL? Is that even a possibility for you? It is. I've always kept it as a possibility for me. That's always been like a dream job that I could have because, you know, I just, 
you know, the thing that attracts me to it is just like their motto. The only easy day was yesterday and just pushing myself every day is something that, you know, just test what I'm made of and I'd love to give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. Um, you are a three sport athlete. Last year I had the privilege of having, uh, Jake McElroy on, um, Jake in my 30 plus years here is one of the best, uh, three sport athletes we've ever had here. And he's bar none. He's the most decorated three sport athlete we've ever had here. In my opinion, um, you play three sports. Tell me the pros and cons of, of playing three sports. So I'll definitely start with the pros, which certainly to me outweigh all of the cons. So the pros is, you know, each sport all helps with the other sport. Like, um, you know, me boxing out somebody out in basketball, I get that from, you know, getting like blocking people in football. Me going up for a one-on-one ball in football, you know, that's me jumping for a rebound in basketball. Me playing defense in lacrosse, you know, that's that's from me playing defense in basketball. So they all kind of translate into each other, and that's what I really like about them also. It just gives you the chance to compete and have fun, you know. I think, you know, training for one sport year-round is great, but you just don't get that same experience competing in, you know, these big games in front of big crowds and just having fun. with. And then, of course, it's just meeting new kids. Like, for me, like, it's different groups for each sport. And, you know, with the cult, like, different cultures. They're all great cultures, but they're all different in their own ways. So... You know, it's great just being being able to part of three different groups is amazing to me. And so to like any kids out there listening that's deciding whether to, you know, focus on a sport or continue playing multiple, I would certainly recommend play as many sports as you can while you're while you're a kid. You know, maybe if you get older and you want to, you know, focus down on one or two, go ahead. But when you're young, I would certainly recommend play as many as you can. And it's certainly, it built, there's no better way to build your character than to play multiple sports. The cons, I would say, I mean, like, there's days when I'm triple booked at times and I have to decide, like, which two don't I go to and which one do I go to. And it's such a hard decision. I sometimes sit there for hours just trying to think through which one would be best. Cause, like, the ones I don't go to, I feel like I'd, I'd be letting my team down, but, like, I also need to be at this other one. So, that's certainly hard. And like my days, especially in the summer when like all three kind of happen simultaneously, you know, it's busy and long days, but you know, I wouldn't trade it for, for anything. You know, that's what I like that part about it. And, you know, of course, like I mentioned before, without all the coaches, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. They all, they all support multi-sports, which is a, which is a huge part to it. Absolutely. We only have time for a few more questions, but let me ask you a little bit of the question of what we call the elephant in the room. What do you say if I ask you the question, Jake, are you doing too much? Yeah. So obviously there's been people that say like, well, like you're going to burn yourself out. Like you're going to get to a point where, you know, you're, you're just going to be like emotionally and physically exhausted. But like my whole thing is also I'll bring back to Inky Johnson. He said people don't burn out because of um, what they do. They do it because they, they burn out because they forget why they do it. And I think that certainly stuck with me when I feel like my body's kind of just like breaking down at times, you know, I always remember like why I, why I began doing this, why I'm doing it, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, that certainly helps push me past the limits that I feel. And also, you know, it's all about just finding out what I'm made of because, you know, my body is sore a lot too, but you know, it's always just doing the extra work, like with recovery and everything, like I, I can handle it all. So, 
I've seen you develop obviously into a fine young man and one of the things I talk about is um, your leadership skills and to me um, I don't know if you will or you won't but I could very well see you being the captain of the football team captain of the basketball team and the captain of the lacrosse team as a senior um, you have leadership roles here at the youth center um, let me ask you something where did where did all those leadership skills was this just part of the process that you did did you um, did you get leadership skills in other ways um, so definitely leadership like I constantly I'm constantly learning and improving myself to be a leader I'm always like I'm always looking up to other leaders such as you know teachers coaches like seniors and stuff like that I'm always looking up and learning what they do so I can you know incorporate it into what I do you know and certainly at um, BST is certainly a chance that I've been able to develop my leadership skills because it puts me in like controlled environments where you know I get a team of like five guys that I have to lead and you know I get it through books like there's a book um, Extreme Ownership by mm -hmm. Jocko Willink and Leif Babin and one of the quotes in it is you know there's no bad teams there's only bad leaders and you know it made me think of BST at times when like you know my team may be losing a drill and you know I'm thinking in my head like I would never show it but I'd be thinking in my head like you know oh, I can't play with these guys like they can't defend they can't hit shots but it made me think like no, it wasn't because of them. It was because of me. I wasn't being a great leader. So, you know, that's always stuck with me, you know, just taking accountability for everything that happens. Um, you know, you have to be okay with failing, taking risks as a leader because, you know, if you're conservative, just trying to, um, like, trying to avoid failure, it's not going to get you anywhere. And just be a person that people would want to follow. Yeah, I mean, the BSD one is interesting. Obviously, that scenario talk was a, an actual scenario that I talked to you about. There was a time that you had frustration, that, and I think it's very easy for kids your age to blame the kids they're playing with or whatever, and I think my answer to you and to others that day was, then you got to figure it out. It's not because you're playing with X amount of players that you don't think are that good. Where are you going to take that next step? And you were definitely one that took that to really hard on that, which was great to see. But you are, you have unbelievable leadership skills, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where your leadership goes, whether it's as simple as being a captain of a sports team or a leader in a job uh, or ultimately uh, protecting our country as a Navy SEAL. We'll have to see that. Got two questions left for you, Jake. Time is flying by here. This has been really, really good to hear from you. Um, what would you say to, what would the 17-year-old, old Jake Walensky say right now to maybe that 10 year old Jake um, that got cut at that fourth uh, fifth grade travel team I think you said um, what would you say to a younger self now that you've had the words of wisdom of being 17 years old now I would just say you know cherish everything that happens because you know even even during like the times that are tough and stuff because you know it would it will all come back to help you at a later point in your life you know, no matter what's happening, always just put your head down and work. Ignore all the noise, whatever's going on. Have fun uh, because being a kid is the best years of your life. Enjoy your time with your friends, your family, just doing what you love to do. Um, always help others whenever possible. There's no better feeling to me, I think, than when you do something for someone else, whether it's as simple as just holding a door open. Just help others whenever you can. You know, always get involved in the community. Always be playing sports. You know, never give up on your dreams and, you know, always just fight through the adversity and love it, too, because that's what's going to help you grow. 
Absolutely. And then we're going to give you the final word also. So you kind of had some really good life lessons to a younger kid right now. On your final word, what would you want to say to maybe maybe those teachers and coaches that have been supporters to you, maybe, maybe to your parents, maybe to the residents out there that want to know what makes you tick and, you know, how they can get, you know, their child to be maybe a little more committed. What's your final word on today's podcast? So I would just say, you know, I was talking about process versus product. I would say just focus on loving the process, you know, because you can't really control the outcomes that happen in life, but always just control and love the process. You know, wherever you are, just be the hardest worker in the room because that's something you can control as well as your attitude, your energy, and your effort. Always just focus on those. Just, uh, be the best possible version of you wherever you go. Maybe maybe you'll only be feeling like, you know, 80% one day, but you can control giving 100% of that 80% that you have. You know, be coachable and most important, you know, be a great teammate to others because, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, you can be a great individual, but you're not going to go anywhere if you're not a great teammate. So, definitely be coachable, be a good teammate, be a always try and be a leader, but it's just as important to be a listener. Um, and always, you know, seek out mentors, always be learning, get uncomfortable, push yourself past your comfort zone and just continue, uh, growing. Um, I mean, that's a great, lot of good advice to a lot of people here. Um, it's been great having you on this, uh, podcast today, Jake, Jake is getting ready for, uh, the state tournament basketball game tomorrow night. We, uh, North Andover plays at number two, Boston Latin Academy. We're hoping for a W there so we can continue the journey like we have the last couple of years. Uh, when it's all over, uh, you will take uh, probably probably won't take any rest, but you'll get ready to start our lacrosse program again this year. And then when lacrosse will lead us into the summer, and I know we'll see you back at BST, and we'll see you running around with all the kids being a great leader with summer fun too. So on behalf of the Youth Center podcast, uh, Jake, I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, we wish you the best of luck going forward. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for having me. And as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is never enough passion.